0: And then I'm going to pray for you and then invite you to share your journey and heart with us. I know there's people here that uh, maybe not, don't know all the contours of your journey, but you're going to be kind of leading people through an understanding of kind of your past and where you are now and the future that God's leading you into. But uh, I want to say thank you. I know it's difficult to share what you're about to share in the context of your home church. Some people might think it's easier because you're so well known to so many but it actually can make it harder right it's a different layer of vulnerability so let me pray for you God I pray for my sister Colleen And I pray that as she brings this message of restoration and redemption and hope but one that is it's a hard one message it is it is not the corners are not smooth the way has been really challenging, God, but you've continued to show amazing faithfulness in the way that you have strengthened her and sustained her. And I pray that through this testimony, you would move many of our hearts to respond with greater faithfulness to you, respond with greater support to Colleen, greater support and involvement in missions, both local and global, God. May you bless her, may You give her peace during this time as she shares with us that she knows that she's among family that we love her and that we are uh, we're we're with her in Jesus name amen
1: all right good morning hola bendiciones so I am a new missionary with the Evangelical Covenant Church of Canada, and this is my home church. And I am actually really excited to share with you my journey and what God's doing. But first, orlamos. Let us pray. Dios Padre, te doy gracias por esta oportunidad de compartir tu palabra. Te damos gracias por este lugar en que vivimos, nuestras familias, for todo lo que haces, pido a Dios, quien va a ser glorificado, El Espíritu Santo, quien hablará a través de mí. El pueblo podrá ver y oír y sentir la presencia de Cristo. Señor, lo pido en nombre de tu precioso Hijo, Jesucristo. Amen. Father God. I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. I pray that you will be glorified. Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak through me, that the people see, hear, and feel your presence, Christ. Lord, I ask this in the name of your precious Son, Jesus Christ, amen. You know, two years ago, when we got off the plane in Buenos Aires, I was petrified to attempt my limited Spanish, asking directions, single word questions, that was about it. But today, I want to share a couple of scriptures with you. In Psalm 40, verses two and three, David writes, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along he has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. And in 1 Peter 1.6, Peter writes, so be truly glad, there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. And these are words that God has used to keep me grounded over the past six months. My journey began years ago, and it felt like God had already met me in the darkness, in the scary, dirty corners of my soul that I never wanted to go to, but found myself in. But right now, I want to share with you what has been the highest mountaintop experience and also the deepest valley bottom. My husband Max and I were together for 27 years and my life was so entwined with his. He was everything to me. We were everything to each other. We didn't start our relationship, our life together with Christ anywhere in it that we were aware of, but we came to know Christ together and our entire walk has been as one. We shared love and joy, sickness and loss, adventures big and small, good and bad, Max was so full of passion, love, and life, and nothing we ever did seemed to fit within the realm of normal. In 2008, we even wanted to ride our motorbikes from Alaska to the tip of South America, but we went in another direction. And in 2014, God really put on our hearts to serve him more. We began to say, yes, Lord. No more excuses. We felt pulled in the direction of missions in South America, but we were thinking about part-time kingdom work. Serving for six months and being back in Canada for six months to work and self-fund. We might have been just a little bit independent. Um, We started working towards this, but thinking that that would not start for a few years and our mantra began. Open hands, surrendered hearts. It's all yours, lords, anyway, right? Our lives, our work, our jobs, our stuff. We went on the Canada conference trip to Ecuador in February of 2016, and it was there that missions was put on our heart even more. We started downsizing our stuff, looking at living and traveling in a school bus with our bikes, and we began discussions with Dale Lusk of Merge Ministries. Merge Ministries is the covenant short-term mission initiatives. They facilitate and organize our short-term short-term trips. There's opportunities for youth, young adults with global internships, as well as for individuals, couples, and families with global engagements, and they just provide such a wealth of knowledge Um, We had a chance to join two different churches from the states on their short-term trips in October of 2016. One in Nicaragua, one in Ecuador, back-to-back, and we said yes to both. Now, through Compassion Canada, we sponsor a girl, Wendy, in Nicaragua. So since we'd be there, we made arrangements to be able to meet with her. And then we also thought that we'd revisit the people that we'd met in Cayambe back in February. So one month, great. Then Dale came back to us and said he had an opportunity for three months in Argentina. Um, okay, no more excuses, right? So we said yes. Then we had to figure out how to make four months work. But really, we didn't have to figure it out. We just had to surrender and be obedient. God already had that figured out. Now, about halfway through our time in Argentina, in the middle of Patagonia, God grabbed hold of my heart and clearly told me he didn't want this six-month thing. I was to serve him full-time there. What I didn't know was that at the same time, God had also grabbed Max and told him the exact thing. It took us about two weeks of praying individually about this before we got up the courage to talk to each other about it. And what a special day that was when we learned that God had called us both to serve him there in Argentina. So remember that motorcycle trip? Maybe that wasn't entirely our plan after all. We returned to Canada at the end of January and we spent several months going through the process to become missionaries. Canadian Covenant Missionaries with the Evangelical Covenant Church of Canada and Serve Globally. And Serve Globally is one of the five mission priorities of our covenant denomination, our sending agency, if you like. And Max and I had such a wonderful and precious time together over the last couple of years, moving towards living what some called a radical, questionable life, putting our house and property on the market, Max sold his excavator, his trailer, his truck. Open hands, right? We said yes. We didn't completely know how this was going to come together, but we trusted, we surrendered, and we obeyed. In June of 2017, we completed our missionary training, and we were commissioned at the Covenant's annual meeting called Gather, as new missionaries the first Canadian missionaries in a long time, the first missionaries of the covenant to Argentina in a long time, and we would be the only covenant missionaries there. We then spent over two months on the road from July to mid-September visiting churches about across Western Canada, talking about missions, about Argentina, about ourselves. We camped out in between churches, we spent time preparing for our licensing interview that would take place in October, and I wouldn't trade a moment of that for anything, almost anything. I can look back now, and I can see how God was leading and guiding and providing such a richness in our lives, in our marriage, in our friendships, what then happened on September 13th would turn my world upside down and shake me to the very core. We had a fantastic drive from Dunder in Saskatchewan back to Weimar, BC. It's about a 12 hour drive and we took all day to make that trek. Our plan was to hole up on the, in the house the next day and finish our papers for our licensing. But when we got home, this great day turned into the worst day of my life. Max suffered a heart attack, and in a few short hours, I lost the love of my life. Was this God's plan, his will? I can't answer that. Was this just an event that happened because we live? In a broken world? I don't know. Did God allow death to take Max? God could have said, no death. You can't have this one, he's mine. And maybe God did have that conversation with him. Was God in control of this, of Max's death? Can I be honest with you? I really can't connect that dot, but I do know how involved God was that day because we were home, the car was unloaded, we were settled before this chaos started. And looking back now, I can see and admit how involved God was over the past few years. All the details that are in place, all the things that were set in motion. And over this past week, I've really been been thinking, and God's been speaking to me, the answers to those questions, do they really matter? Is it gonna change anything? No. It doesn't change the fact that Max isn't here. But, God is sovereign and his love doesn't change. His faithfulness doesn't change. So I know I'm still gonna ask those questions, but I can leave them with God each time I do ask them. And the only thing that I knew at that moment on that night was that Max was welcomed home by the Father but my world as I knew it had changed forever. And I am so thankful for everyone, for all of you, that were just instantly there, caring for me, supporting me with prayers, your presence, so many things have just been looked after and I really can't thank all of you enough. I felt so lost in the beginning I had no clue what I was supposed to do now. And over the months, God and I have had many discussions. Mainly, it's been one-sided, me throwing my emotions and thoughts and opinions to him. What was his plan? Did I misunderstand it? Did we misunderstand it? How was I going to live this life? How was I going to move forward? I didn't know I could live a life without Max. I didn't know if I wanted a life without Max, but a good friend challenged me. I would never want a life without Max, but was I willing? And while I couldn't even wrap my head around this life without him, I was willing. And every day was and continues to be stepping forward in faith, believing in the unseen, trusting God, Surrendering fully, again and again, and then obeying and responding. The house stayed on the market. That was a decision that we had already made, and to move from that was a huge change. And there was still a peace about that decision. Moving forward with the sale felt right in my heart, even though I didn't know a thing past that. And I give praise for God's hand on the sale of the house, from how the offer came together, the details that were in place, to the people that came to repack and do dump runs, donation runs, everything. I've got a huge mantra of scripture written on post-it notes. They're up on mirrors, they're with me, they're everywhere. And they are what keep me focused on Christ. They are the ropes that I hang on to that prevent me from falling into that dark abyss. And through the first month after losing Max, I was camped out in Psalms. Still am to some degree, but especially Psalm 40. I was fully face down, buried in the mud and mire. But I am grateful to have a compassionate, patient father who keeps lovingly picking me up. A few times kicking and screaming, but he picks me up and he sets me on a firm foundation. He steadies me, and this foundation has given me the solid reality to keep going in life, to continue in God's will. The fact that he has to steady me reminds me constantly that if he has to steady me, it means that things are going to be rocky, wobbly, maybe a little bit stormy. And it also tells me that in order for him to steady me, I have to be leaning into him and hanging on tightly, constantly. In Isaiah 41, nine and 10, I hear, I have called you back from the ends of the earth, saying, you are my servant, for I have chosen you and will not throw you away. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand." And one evening, sitting on Max's bike and just crying out to God, I don't understand your plan, your will. I don't agree with it. Quite frankly, it sucks. I don't know what to do. You called us individually to serve you, and we did. Or did we get it wrong? Did we pick up our individual calls and put them together and run ahead of you? Did Max's call to missions just look differently than mine? What am I supposed to do? And just like in the middle of Argentina, God gently but firmly grabbed my heart and I felt a stern, are you going to serve me? And I had this vision of a kid throwing a temper tantrum because I wasn't getting it the way I wanted it. Things weren't going the way we had planned it. And I had to stop and say, yes, I'm going to serve you, but I don't understand how to serve you now. And to say no in my heart would be to completely turn my back on God, and that wasn't an option. And again, my heart heard, are you going to serve me? And my temper tantrum continued, of course, yes. But how do I serve you without Max? I don't even know how to live life without Max. We already started serving you, and again. Are you going to serve me? I've already told you. Why do you keep asking me? And the sense of calmness and peace came over me. And I got off the bike and I walked around the house going, Okay, okay, all right. Still didn't know what it would look like, but surrender and obedience. And now looking back, there is such an importance to our individual call. I don't know if any of you can relate to this, but I am a person that likes to have A to Z all figured out. Right now I'm learning to know what T is, and when God needs me to know what D and M and Q are, He does, and I'm learning to be okay with that. I took some time with friends in Norquay after the house sold, and I spent some intentional time there to really begin processing this grief, resting, and begin healing. This has been an intense time of grief, a journey, and certainly a process. I'm still in it, but the times of being face down in the mud and mire are getting to be a little bit less. And while I was there in Norquay, I was asked to share about this journey and what was coming up. And God took me back to Psalm 40, verse three. He gives me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise. And he really spoke to me. How would people know what Christ is doing if I don't share and talk about this? So I do, or at least I'm trying to. This sharing, this being vulnerable with you, this is not something that comes easy for me. But I step forward in faith and trust. God hears my pain, my hurt, my anger and confusion, my doubts and hesitancy. I've told him many times that he called the wrong person home He should have kept Max here for this. I've told him, I don't know if I can do this. Really, Lord? You already called us both. We already surrendered and stepped out in faith, and we're trusting and obeying your will in our lives. And I feel like you pulled the carpet out from under us and cleaved us apart, and not gently either. And now you're asking me to step forward again? in faith and surrender, to trust you and obey you, to step where I had already stepped and had my world shaken to its core? I don't know about this, but the Father understands my hesitancy and my doubts and my fears, and he tells me that there will be wonderful joy ahead. I will face trials, but only for a little while. I'd really like to put a time frame on this, but it assures me, and it gives me comfort on the tough days that there will be joy ahead. This pain isn't forever. In Isaiah 48:10 and 11, he tells me that this suffering, this refining, is for his sake. I don't like it, it hurts, and I wouldn't want any of you to have to go through this, But this closeness, this intimate friendship that I have with Christ now, I don't know if I would have gotten it any other way. But I can see now that I can be glad. There will be wonderful joy ahead. And in his timing, he's opened doors for me to step through when he knew I was ready. And God has been caring so deeply for me, healing me, And even giving me hope and anticipation and I'm excited for the future. I went to Chicago in January to the Covenants Midwinter Conference to say that it was intense, doesn't quite capture it completely. The majority of the conversations were about Max. Our journey, what had happened and what's happening now. It was about sharing sharing about missions, about Argentina. And for all of you that knew Max, you have to know that he would have loved midwinter. It hurt to be there without him, but it was such an encouraging, strengthening, and affirming week for me, and even a time of healing. The week after, I spent at the Covenant offices doing my licensing, redoing the budget, having meetings and conversations about moving forward. What does this look like now? How do they support me? And the care that is being taken on so many details is a bit overwhelming sometimes, but the support is huge. I began language studies online in December, and that is going to continue in-country in Argentina, where I already have friends close friends that we met while we were there and we've stayed in contact with. Friends who are waiting for me to come, not just for ministry, but to walk this journey of life with me. They knew and loved Max. They know and love me and want to be here for me, to share the memories, the laughters, the tears. And these days I am actually really feeling Not just knowing, but feeling the hope and the joy and even the anticipation and excitement of moving forward in missions to Argentina in God's will and timing. I'm one of about 125 covenant missionaries with Serve Globally who serve and support pastors around the world. I'm a licensed missionary now, and ministry will be buried in Argentina. Right now, all six covenant churches of Argentina are going through the covenant vitali- congregational vitality pathway. And that's the process to engage pastors and congregations with vision and intention to be alive, faithful, and fruitful in the spirit, to be healthy and missional. And I was again back in Chicago in mid-March taking a course in order for me to facilitate and serve them through this initiative. I'm not taking anything new from North America to help or fix them. I am going, I am being sent to serve them, to serve alongside them. And while I was in Chicago, I was able to meet with my regional coordinators, Eugenio and Pia Restrepo, who were just there in Argentina. And now I have more specifics about my ministry there. On the Vitality pathway, each of the churches is at a different level and each needs and wants to make changes as they move forward. So I will be there to mentor, encourage, and support vitality teams, pastors, and leaders. I'll be able to support and serve alongside them in order to facilitate the next workshops, to support and encourage pastors and leaders in the churches, In Loche, where I'll be living in the south, there are two churches, and my ministry focus there will be church growth and church planting. And of course, being connected with all six churches and being a part of their communities and their outreach. Each church has outreach, including evangelism, outreach to rural areas of extreme poverty, children's ministry, agriculture, the list goes on. Uh, CHET is the Hispanic Training University in the States, and I've been asked to assist with administration details and helping with the paperwork as needed for people of Argentina. There's also opportunities for me to serve in women's ministries. They've already had an AVA workshop there, which is our advocacy for victims of abuse, and domestic violence is huge there, especially down in the South in Naoken. And I'm sure that what I'm going through right now in grief will be used there too. To start, language studies will be the main focus. And my initial three weeks to a month will be starting in the north in Beresetegui and working my way south, visiting each of the churches, reconnecting with friends, and having those conversations about Max. And it is very much on my heart that people will come to Argentina Come and experience the culture, the people, and, of course, the food and the fishing and the landscape, but that's just the fun stuff. But come and be a part of my mission. Come and expect to be changed there. I am passionate about Argentina, about being a Canadian covenant missionary. But I also want, and I know that this was heavy on Max's heart too, To see more people move into missions and missionary work within the covenant. And I cannot express enough the amount of resources and the immensity of support that we have being a part of the covenant, both local, national, and even international. I will be living in the south, in San Carlos Bariloche, and when I leave Canada, I will be gone for two years. After the two years, I'll return for a one-year home assignment, and at that time I will either be taking two additional courses to become a career missionary, or perhaps looking at the credentialing for being ordained in Word and Service, and God willing, return to Argentina. I'm currently looking at June for a departure date, as well as being 100% funded before I leave. My ministry budget is for two years, and it's been developed with the expertise of Serve globally. and at the end of March, I'm close to being 89% funded. And I'd like to ask for your support, your commitment for two years, your commitment to pray for and with Argentina and myself, and your commitment of support of finances, whether it be monthly, quarterly, annually, or even a one time. And I want to thank all of you who already are supporting me. And for those of you that may be feeling led to be a part of this, thank you. There's a lot more information on my blog, and you can sign up to receive updates, and of course, ask any questions that you may have. I do have a specific prayer request though. In addition to praying for this whole process, The Latin America culture is not to leave someone alone. They really want to share the laughter and the memories and the tears and be present on this journey of grief. And that will mean that when I first arrive in Argentina, even before I begin full-time language study, even while I'm just processing being there without Max, I will be having a lot of intense conversations in Spanish. Reconnecting face to face for the first three weeks is going to be a bit emotional for me, and I will be leaning into God even more and relying even more on his grace and his sufficiency to carry me through this. And your extra prayers when I first go would be greatly appreciated. I've been consoled by the words of Psalm 32.8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. And even in the days that are hard, that hurt, I am compelled to continue to serve with open hands and a surrendered heart. Thank you for allowing me to share my journey of surrender and obedience with you. And as I close, I'd just like to take a moment and pray with you. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for all that you do in our lives, even when we don't see where you're working. Lord, we don't always understand your ways. Sometimes it makes absolutely no sense to us, but we give you praise and we ask that your will is done in our lives. And there may be people here who you are calling, who you are nudging, You are waiting for them to open their hearts, to surrender and obey. You know our hearts, Lord. You know more about us than we know about ourselves. And may our human need to understand your plans, not distract us from your truth, from your will in our lives. And I pray for each and everyone here, no matter where they are in life, that they may feel your loving arms wrapped around them And that they would respond to you in faith and in surrender, despite all the junk that clutters our lives. And thank you that we can ask for another way, God, yet not our will, but yours be done. And we know that even in the valley bottom, you are with us. Amen. Gracias y Dios le bendiga.